Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Jake Kerr, and welcome to the second ever podcast with a guest. I'd like to welcome Ryan Youngman, who I've known for probably six-ish years. We first got to know each other when I had Black Ink as a coffee van, and I was visiting, what was the name of your workshop at the time? Bunbury City Smash Repairs. Bunbury City Smash Repairs. Um, I believe it was like either three or five days a week, so I had a really intimate kind of, as I did with all of the people that I saw that regularly, kind of intimate relationship with your staff, and also like, cause I was seeing you so regularly, so we yeah. got to kind of know each other there. And then we had a massive gap where Black Ink was sold, or the coffee van was sold, um, and obviously Black Ink wasn't really that active. And then when I started uh, producing heaps of content, basically, I think it was a podcast that first got your attention. Yeah, I think it was, yeah. It yeah. was that, and then uh, someone sent someone a message, we caught up for coffee, and ever since it's kind of been uh, an organic step into like my mentor role, role sort of thing. Yeah, and that's been what, 12 months? Yeah. Maybe, yeah, yeah, yeah. Months, roughly, roughly. So I think I hit my one year anniversary with the podcast uh, about three weeks ago. Yeah, okay, so it'd be about right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I think I got your attention because I was posting like three or four podcasts a week. I was just hammering down, doing yeah, these podcasts yeah, yeah, over and were. over and over. Yeah. And it wasn't even the fucking value of the content at the time. It was just the fact that like it was that uh, routine, like just creating the thing, like, right, I'm going to sit down, do this podcast, get it out. Yeah. And it's funny because like... I've kind of been going over this story in my mind a little bit because it's kind of crazy. You've been very influential in the past six months of my, you know, business life, I would say. And I kind of like, with anything that's influential, you reverse engineer and go like, how did we get here? Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah. Interesting to think that we, that conversation came about because like you're paying attention that I was doing something. It wasn't the thing. It was the repetitive yeah, nature the of effort. it. Yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. It was the effort. That's the thing, right? Like people... Not many people put the effort in. Yeah. They want this reward, but I could see that effort that you were putting in. Yeah. And that right. always intrigues my interest because... I think what it is, is like now I'm starting to get a grip of it because I've been doing like business for a minute now. Yeah. And you see other people like executing shit and you're like, fucking, oi, what are you doing? Yeah, you know? that's right. You can see it. Yeah yeah. 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 I feel like, I was going to say Bunbury, I feel like society has a lot of people with good intentions when it comes to business and starting new things and like... You know, having great ideas where like, oh, I want to start this shop or I want to start this, you know, side hustle or small business. But the difference between them and everyone else is like the fucking day one, the day two, the day 100, the doing it, the rocking up. Yeah, it's it's the hard thing, right? Like everyone has good intentions. And I reckon what's making it hard is it's it's all this social media stuff. So you've got everyone on social media wants to be this this thing it's the image of what they perceive it to be, right? Right. Like you see people in business, whether it's small or large, and it's easy to portray a particular type of like highlight reel. Yeah. So then you see you see all these other people, especially younger people who are like, oh my God, like that. that's what I want to do, right? I want right. to get out of this, this rat race, get out of the matrix. That's the solution. This person's doing it. They're just showing you the highlight reel. There is no one in business, small or large, that it, where it's easy it's not easy i'm sure you can vouch for that fuck yeah <laughs> and it's not easy it's extremely hard and like you said yeah you see the good stuff you see the fun stuff but the effort that's required like so few will be willing to do it and like we've spoken about this how many different times and we've, yeah. we've seen it firsthand with other individuals that we both know yeah you know everyone wants this they, they want the thing but when it comes time to do the thing fucking doesn't happen man yeah yeah, and, and I, I could see you were doing the thing that's actually required, and that's yeah. sort of what sparked my interest because not a lot of people are willing to do it. 
You know, it's just that simple. There's no other way around it. They do not want to do the work. I think the really key part of that is this whole social media idea of what's going on. And yeah, oh man, there's so many ways I want to go off on this. It's really, it's really cool because I feel like the way I look at it is like, obviously the way I grow my particular business is purely through marketing, right? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. everything comes down to marketing. If I don't have a community to like on Instagram to sell to, it doesn't matter how cool the t-shirt is, it doesn't matter how cool the event is, I've got no one to tell. So it fucking, it, it doesn't matter. So I think the thing, when people like look at what Black Ink is, they look at what the content is, and this is what's going on. I think that's what you're talking about. Like, oh, I want to start a t-shirt brand because that's what Jake did with Black Ink and he's having all this fun and all that. In yeah. reality, all I'm doing is recording the byproducts of that effort yes. and then being really good at editing it. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I think the actual thing that is business and the thing that's like what you're talking about, the hard thing to execute is like, well, we've talked about it. It's, um, what's that? It's like tenacity, discipline and fucking resilience. Yeah. You know? You gotta be extremely resilient and you gotta, you, people forget all the actual back end too to all of this stuff it's not just like even if you've got a huge following right we're talking about like we're talking about like social media type businesses here like where people yeah. normally just sell a product whether it be shirts or whatever you know you see a lot of people where they'll have a particular that they are the brand right they create yeah. a product they sell it to their mass followers even doing that doesn't necessarily mean like you're going to be able to get the outcome, which in most people's eyes is the money side of it. Right. Because I'm sure you can vouch, like when we broke your business down, like into the back end, like looking at the data, right? You've got to understand all, all your costs, all your metrics. Crazy. And there's a lot of fucking metrics to track too. There is. And Thank all you. these other things that go with it, you know, we've got to transport these goods to people. We've got people complaining that the things aren't right. You yeah. know, you've got to be able to handle the volume of communication to these people. Even if you've sold the product and they've clicked and brought the product. Yeah. What are you buying it for? What are you selling it for? Freight costs, increases, you know, damaged goods. It's, it's All there's, these things, man. It's literally, it's one of those things where like, I'm sure someone sat you down before you took your first big plunge and said like, look, man, there's all these things and I've had that conversation and you're like, yeah, dickhead, I got it. Yeah, but you don't got it. No, and <laughs> no. then you go through all of these fucking weird learning, like, well, you see them later on as learning opportunities and I think as you progress, you get good at seeing learning opportunities as they happen. Yeah. But in reality, it just seems like that first six and 12 months, you're like, I'm just shoveling shit for no reason. You know, like it seems like I make a dollar and then something costs me a dollar fifty. Yeah. You know? And that I think over time though you learn those skills, right? And that's where if you were to do it again, so how long has it been now since you started black ink? Uh it'll be like twenty one months. I sound like a new a new mother, hey, twenty one months. Twenty one months, yeah. yeah, counting the months. So twenty one months, right? Knowing what you know now, even though it's still very early days, to get from where you were to where you are right now. If you knew what you know now, how long would it really have taken you? Um, probably half that time. Probably, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just with like, just with social media strategies that I have now, probably half the time. Yeah. I can start from zero instead of 700 and get the same result. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, you've got um, the ability now over time to be able to execute a lot easier. And yeah. And fuck, man, that perfectly like, that perfectly illustrates how useful a mentor is because like, the thing I get when, when we like communicate, it's not the stuff that you're telling me, it's kind of the stuff that comes with what you're telling me. And like you go away and you think about what you've spoken about and it's like, he said that, which must mean this, this and this. I wonder why he draws that conclusion and he decides things like that or he, he steers things in that direction in that situation. And then you learn because like 
you're doing those practices through all of the fuck ups that you've made yes and turn them into like right now's here's how i operate yeah you know yeah it's the mistakes right like that's what we learn from them and that's how we're able to obviously scale faster yeah and mentorship is the key you cannot put a price on it dude i feel like as a I'm not going to say like ridiculously un- uneducated. Like I finished up to like year 10 and, and I was there and I was present. But like, man, I've learned more from business in the past two years. Just like, just by applying myself to whether it's learning Photoshop or learning how to communicate better or learning to listen to people or learning to listen to the customer. It's like just that fucking crash course in having to go through the shit and having someone to talk to like you about it as you're going along. It's like, fuck man, it makes you, it makes you hungry to learn. Yeah. That's why a lot of people pay a lot of people pay big money for for coaching. You yeah. know, F- normally they're paying someone who has already been in their shoes, even if they've already, in some eyes, made it. Right? Yeah. There's a guy that I follow, and I actually paid for his services as a coach. Right. Um, his name is Alex Hormozzi, and at the time he had a company called called Gym Launch. He's now evolved into larger companies, um, even though his company was international worldwide like he's you know 100 million dollars a year type guy uh, a few years younger than me 32 years old oh my god he's he's done really really well for himself but he talks about a lot is like his progression in learning and one of the things so like for me it was like a 52 week commitment at like 1500 dollars a week oh my god coaching so like yeah it's a reasonable commitment how much how many um students does he have though at any one time uh quite quite a lot because he he's done it quite clever he's got a team right so and there's like he's built it all out with like training portals and this and that but there's some some more like sort of one-on-one mentorship that you can get and but even him himself so there's another guy so he's now trying to level up to a different game at the moment yeah and he he's got podcasts of his own and whatnot and he speaks openly about his business which i really like because he's like open book almost really yeah and it's pretty interesting but there's an i don't know if you've heard of a guy named grant cardone Mm, not off the top of my head okay so he's a guy that's got a company called Cardone Capital in America Um, it's like a billion dollar business real estate sort of game okay and he offers Grant Cardone offers like coaching advice right and I think it's a I think it's $30,000 an hour (coughs) roughly US (coughs) an hour yeah and you got to commit to at least four hours so four sessions of one hour so big money, right? Yeah. But if you look at it, so like Alex Ormosi spent the money. He spent yeah. $120,000 like learning with Grant Cardone. He, he talks about this on YouTube and whatnot. And he's like, well, people would say that's crazy, right? But that money that he spends with him to, to understand the lessons that Grant has learned through the mistakes he's made. Right. You, I'm sure you can vouch. How much does it cost in a mistake? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So if I could pay someone $30,000 to teach me a mistake, that, that, that might take me a year of my time yeah. or even more, yeah. that is worth it. I, I had this last week and we, we're in the middle of building another business at the moment and we got stuck on something we haven't done before, right? And it was over $200,000 mistake. And wow. there's no way around it. We've got to pay it. We've got to pay that. Yeah. So that one thing that was missed, it's a $200,000 outlay yeah, because yeah. it was missed. And it was missed through not have we've never done it before. So lack Dude, of experience. This is a low-key way of asking for 30 grand for this podcast hour, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> not quite. But um, it was like, yeah, like, it, it, cool, we know that now. We've, we learned from it, yeah. right? And, um, and and away we go. And the, we hope that we don't make the same mistake again. Yeah. And it, it's not that the cost would have been in net. 
it's not that the cost could have been avoided it's that we weren't able to forecast this cost because we didn't know about this particular thing and we yeah. don't know about this particular thing because we've never faced this particular problem before and so that's why people pay people large sums of money who have done that thing before right Oh, okay, yes. Yeah. So this is really um, when it comes down to like specialized knowledge in that area. So it's like kind of like me Correct. going to Daniel Bradshaw of Street X and saying, hey, I'm about to do my second range. That's that's exactly what I mean, I'm trying to dial in on that. Yeah, because that, that's what Alex has done. He's gone to Grant because he's trying to narrow in his business to do a particular thing. What they spoke about, obviously, who knows? Yeah. But um, to do a particular thing, and that person has done that particular thing at scale. Right. And has made probably years of mistakes. Yeah. So therefore, paying for coaching or mentorship is beneficial if you use the information correctly. Yeah. So that's yeah, another yeah. thing. Then we go back to execution. Yes, that's right. You got to be able to execute that. So these people, and this is another thing. What you'll find, um, probably on a bit of a tangent here, but I've seen this so many times, right? And it's it starts generally like the cheaper that someone sells their their service or their information for people will generally be like almost expecting like I've given you the information sorry I'm the person I've received the information yeah if I don't use that information correctly I'll blame the person who I got the information from okay oh your information was no good because it didn't work for me well no it's because you didn't execute it properly right so here I'll charge you for my information here's the information we're done if you can't put it to use properly that's not my problem yeah, it's your responsibility here's the information and that's what you'll find a lot of a lot of a lot of people and a lot of people in business it's it's they'll play the victim right yeah oh it didn't work because of x it didn't work because of x it didn't work because you didn't fucking listen that's or a resilience you didn't, issue you didn't figure out how to actually execute or yeah. you couldn't pull through the amount of effort that is actually required which is normally an enormous amount of effort. Yeah, yeah, and that, that's what, it's funny how like, just on that, I find so many things that I get caught up on aren't necessarily hard jobs, they're just jobs that require a little bit more effort than what your your average Expected output is. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. then it's like, man, why have I let my, my inputting my receipts go for a week instead of just doing it every day like I normally do, and it's like, it literally takes two minutes to yeah. do it. It's just the concept of the effort, you know? Yeah. So then when it comes to some bit of information that could literally be a massive change in your business and taking a different direction you're like oh i don't know it's a bit risky and like i, I know it probably will work but it's easy to blame someone else it's you know? very easy it fucking is yeah. you know i've got a um so like i I've, I've i've realized in the past like probably year oh man my voice sounds like shit because i've had this fucking sore throat for three days and instead of just like letting myself get better i go riding every day in the cold air and shit yeah yeah you so, need to rest yeah dude but fuck rest you know i do it when i'm a millionaire so I fucking realized that everything in my business is like, I kind of have these periods where probably like six, you know, four, six, eight week periods and things seem to be like kind of the same, but they're constantly changing. Yeah. And obviously compare this to your average bloke who's got a nine to five, Monday to Friday sort of thing. Like there's a pretty set routine of how it's going to work. You know, you're going to go to work, you're going to fix cars, you're going to go home. I've found that like this changing all the time because i kind of thought the business was quite um like not sedentary but it was it's like quite a fixed thing i'm finding my business is constantly in motion have you found that that's been what you've had when you say in motion what do you mean i'm constantly half like yeah you have to pivot and change yeah and adapt yeah and that's because you're growing though right so you can have once your business gets to a point where and it's your choice too 
you could, I'm sure you could agree that if you chose to just leave your business at X and sell this much of X and do this and keep it routine, then you can do that. Yeah. But you're growing your business and that's why you have to constantly, you growing a business is extremely difficult because one, not only are you forced to learn, so, okay, running a business is hard. Let's say you were running a business and it's not growing and it's just maintenance. Yeah. That in itself is difficult, right? And then not only are you trying to run your business, you're, it's also growing. So you're also constantly learning right. whilst mm-hmm. maintaining operations, right? But not only through that growth, not only are you learning, you're also executing what you're learning. Yeah, so you've yeah, got yeah. Oper- standard operations to worry about with what you're currently doing, yeah. which is evolving. And then you've got, you've got to learn all these new operations. And then you've got to learn how to execute those things that you've probably never done before. Yeah. And, and, and charge people for it in the meantime. That's correct. And that's why it's like, it feels like it's this <laughs> crazy roller coaster because it is. Yeah. And like, that's, that's the thing. It's very, very difficult. And then there's advantages and pros and cons. And you'll probably see through like business life as well. Like you, you'll find that's why some people might make the decision to buy an established business. Yeah. You know, it might, it will cost you more on the front end, right? Maybe have some security in it. Security in it, and also you are you are speeding up that process too. Yeah. And also, like obviously, the amount of energy that you're gonna you're gonna burn through trying to get to get that thing to grow. Yeah. But you're you're fortunate, like you're young, you've got the energy, so that, that's like go for it. Yeah. You got nothing. You know, you got you you have that on your side. If you were 65 years old trying to do what you're doing now yeah, it'd be better to go and buy an established thing if you wanted to do that particular thing yeah do uh, you do you like fuck with the growth phase like are you does the growth phase excite you or are you more about well what what is nah, your favorite okay. part of business so for me it's it's a it's an interesting question because um like when we're talking about operations and stuff like i do enjoy that side of a business but then i also like i obviously thrive on growth because I don't slow the fuck down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And much too many people's disgust. You yeah. know, like it, it takes an enormous amount of time and energy. It can fuck with your health. Like, I mean, you know, the drill I've gone through, hard operations and yeah. all sorts of stuff, although I'm reasonably fit and healthy still. Yeah. Um, and it takes its toll on you and some and the people around you trying to grow at, at speed. And I've done nothing but grow since 2008. Right. But I've chosen to take that challenge on. Um, and I believe it's because one of the things is I do enjoy growth. Um, but I also really love the concept of like, how do I have to get this product now to function in its best possible way? Right. Um, the accident repair industry was a good avenue for that to really understand operations. Cause you've got, you got this thing coming in, like, you know, it's a damaged good and we've got to try and figure out how do we most efficiently and effectively fix this problem that's come in yeah. in the fastest and cheapest possible oh, wow. time frame. So like that was like a constant evolution of like operations and tweaking and adjusting using better technology, better equipment, right? faster processes to the point of like where we used to track how many times people would walk through different areas of the environment yeah. to maybe go to this area, like to the point of having a toilet at one end of the workshop and noticing that people would walk all the way down there and seeing that the door is, so the toilet is in use and they have to walk all the way back. <coughs> and you're losing that How time. much time do they lose? Not only in the travel, but also, oh, I've stopped and spoken to this guy cause he's there. Interesting. And then I stop him and slow him down. So how, how can we put in a system that allows someone at the other end of the workshop to know if the toilet's in use? Right. 
is it a light on the middle of the workshop roof that when the doors close, the light's red. Interesting. So you're not going to then lose that time. Yeah. Um, you, is that what you ended it, up doing? Yeah, like a, a light type system. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. You've got um, making sure the correct tooling is in every single bay. So do I, does the workshop need, for instance, say six grinders? Are six grinders oh. ever going to be in use? No. Ch- chances are no. Yeah, however, however <coughs> if I put one in every bay, then no matter what bay you're in, you don't need to walk to the tool room to get it. Right. Every bay is a tool room, which just eliminates fucking travel time. Yeah, and right? also communication that's not necessary. All that sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah. So like, I, I really enjoyed that process of like understanding efficiency, operation, lean principles, all that sort of stuff. Like Toyota was one of the first people to sort of run lean, lean processes through their factories and then it be- become like this evolutionary thing where it ran through all other areas and and um, is lean process processes the it's basically just eliminating waste waste of time waste of product okay. all that sort of stuff in your business essentially yeah. to become more efficient yeah and um so that, that side of it's great but the growth side of it is is very exciting but it's like that thing you know when it's like something's coming and you get really excited for it yeah so that's like it's like a holiday right it's coming i'm really excited but then when you have the holiday you're like, oh, okay, the holiday's done now. What's next? Yeah. When's the next one? So that's what I find with growth. It's like, let's say it's building another gym as an example. Yeah. It's so exciting. And you're like, when that's built, oh my God, it's, everything's going to be exactly how I want. I can't wait. I'm yeah. so excited. And I'm going to be so content when that's done. Trust me. I don't think I'm going to do anything else. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to retire. And then you off. do that. Yeah. And then you understand it. And then you get it operating in a really good manner. Yeah. And you're like, okay cool holiday's over now and now i'm in the monotony of like just running through the day to day for me boring yeah let's do another one yeah, yeah let's yeah, push yeah. the boundaries of what can be achieved and right? refine it again see and what make we can it do better, better. Yeah. how fast can we do it how you know can we do this can we do that yeah um can we beat what we did last time you know i think i, I was listening to a podcast with uh do you know the brand g'd up no g'd up's probably like the the premier hoodie brand in australia at the moment they got really like unique identifiable hoodies from a kilometer away i was listening to the owner and like operator of that business on a podcast and he was saying that like they've had i think he said he made like two and a half million dollars in four hours on one of his drops on shopify yeah like insane numbers yeah. <laughs> insane numbers and he goes like one of the things that he really isolated he goes like sometimes i feel like i should stop and smell the roses but like I don't really like I care and it's awesome and I fuck with it but I just want to know what's the next thing we're doing you know it's like 2.4 let's go for 3.3 let's go for 3.5 and it's funny because when he said that it's like that's that's all I'm doing you know like every time I do something I'm just trying to see if I can get a little bit further away and it's funny you mentioned the holiday analogy because I feel like that's where all this started like in a truck driving along I'm just like I'm fucking hanging out for my four-day break we know you got a festival coming out I'm hanging out for that and then you almost have this like lull of like two weeks afterwards where you're looking for the next thing to do. Yeah, and yeah. business is so rewarding in that it's just like little win, little win, little win, little win, big win, little win, little win. So if you, if you and obviously if you survive and you're lasting, it's like you really do feed that like what's the next, what's the next, what can I focus on, what can I get excited about? And you feel like you're constantly like you got fucking electricity in your chest because yeah. you're moving somewhere. And it gives you something to more so look forward to each day. Like I'm, uh, it's been a long time since I've worked for someone um, and not that working for for someone or for a business is bad, but in the for me in the industry I was in, it wasn't like enjoyable. And that's what you would do. You're like it was like 
living for the weekend. Yeah. And I think, you know, that's, I don't think we're built to live for the weekend. Now, if I really thoroughly enjoyed my particular job that I had at the time, yeah. then cool, like stay with that. That's not to say like a job's a bad thing. Yeah. But, um, yeah, when you, I think in life, whether it be like living for a holiday or living for that thing or, it's not the right way to do it. And celebrating the small wins is important. Um, like it's huge. Otherwise you're forever just like going to be in like this weird mental state where you're only like getting these, like like these good dopamine hits at certain points in your life. And yeah. I don't think that's a good thing. And that's actually why I went into business in the first place was to escape what I believe has been created by the governments of like, it's, it's been built, the system's been built to just keep everybody like trapped in this thing, yeah. right? And then to, how do you get out of that? And after looking around, I could sort of sense the writing on the wall. There's a way out. Yeah. And uh, <coughs> there's a lot of steps to get there, but I believe there's a way out. That's that's what I'm working towards. Not just for me, but for my family and yeah, dude. all that sort of stuff and whatever else. The biggest thing I find with with people like, you know, what, what we're trying to do, what we're trying to achieve, whatever that looks like for us, but people like, you know, business owners and shit is that the ceiling is limitless. And if you figure it out, you become a millionaire. And like when I've like twigged onto that, I'm like, oh, I kind of went from just wanting black ink, wanting to earn enough money to live to like, no, I want to own the world. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. like I, if if that's possible, that if I can keep going, then why not? You know, yeah, and I think yeah. I had much of the same conversation with myself, where I'm like, well, I can be a truck driver and and take home two grand a week. I can be a plumber and take home fifteen hundred a week. I can be any. I can go fly in, fly out, and take home four grand a week. But that's the ceiling. That's correct. And then there's tax, there's time, there's energy, there's all these things that's going to cost me. But there is a ceiling. And then the reality is, especially with your fly and fly out numbers and that, it's like the strain that that puts on my family emotionally. And like our energy together is like separated. So I was like, man, like I would rather live for pennies for the next 10 years to maybe one day say that I at least had a shot at being owning the world. Yeah. Than fucking having half a family and, and $2,000 a week or something, you know, like it just the, the maths long term was like, if I do live to be 60, fuck retiring then and having no energy, but all the money. You yeah, know? yeah. But then it, it can also end up like that too through business. But I, I suppose it's what are you planning to do with the the money like is it the is no it's it, not the money it's the time that's what i was going to ask yeah, you. yeah yeah so it's it's about it's about getting time time to do what though time to do what you want right yeah i'm assuming that's the goal well yeah and two probably two years like i'll fucking we'll like get pregnant and like the idea is, is that there'd be money and time there to like facilitate that and also like i'm when, when when we say time i feel like something that people don't quite get is like i really love doing what i'm doing like I go out and do fun shit and record it while I'm wearing my brand. Yeah. And then I put it on the internet and then I have conversations and then I make cool shit and then I go record, you know what I mean? Like, So it's time to do what you want. And that want could be exactly what you're doing now. That's right. right? But it allows you the flexibility to be able to pivot and do what you need to do. So right. for, for freedom in a way. So that, that needing to do, like what I need to do in that situation would be like the idea that Riz could have as long as she needs to be a mother in those first however many years. Yeah. And if that means that she's here helping me out or wherever we end up in two years, helping me out doing black ink, whatever that looks like, I win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. better than me driving a truck for 12 hours a day. Yes, that's right. And not yeah. seeing that kid. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, I'm at work, but I'm in the next room, you know? And it's like, to me, it's like that I can, like I've had a vasectomy for, this is my seventh year because I didn't understand, I didn't, I couldn't see a future where it made sense to have a kid in this world. 
because like just the family thing, like everyone's fucking parents are divorced. I've been through like a few gnarly breakups. It's like with the data I've got, doesn't look good. It doesn't yeah, make yeah. sense. And even if it does look good, the job is going to keep me away from the kid. And I know if I'm going to be a father, I want to be a father. Yeah, you know, I want to yeah. be there. I want to be teaching and blah, blah, blah. So I feel like I fucking completely lost my point then. I had too many ideas all at once. I'm sorry. That's all right. <clears throat> what was I saying? Sorry. So you're referencing like why you want to be present, I suppose. Oh, so having like seeing what the possibilities of my business in the future are, it now makes it like an easy decision to go. And obviously having a vasectomy is a huge deal to reverse that and go like, okay, I am comfortable with this because I've now created a, an environment where it's like, I do have the time, I have the money to facilitate this, I've got the energy to be there with the kid. It's like, fuck yeah, that's a whole reason to be in business. Yeah. That sounds amazing, doesn't it? It does, yeah, yeah, it sounds amazing. Now it's just about executing yeah. Yeah, I'm not worried about that. Yeah, yeah. I've proved myself to myself now. Yeah, yeah, it's good, it's good. But yeah, it's a very it's a very good reason. I think that's the reason why a lot of people do it. Yeah. Um, but like what we spoke about going all the way back to the start, it's, it's understanding that yes, there's this reason and this ability to potentially create it, but it's about being able to do it. And I think you've got a good timeline on that too. Like you're not trying to like make this assumption that it's like, I'm just gonna do this and in six months fucking sweet as. Yeah. Um, so it's a pretty good realistic timeline, I think to achieve it. Also though, the, the goal is, is you know, stubborn on the goal, flexible on the path. If it's three years, if it's a year, you know. I think that's probably a really good point to make is be flexible on it and understand that things won't always go exactly to plan yeah because they don't you know how yeah. many plans have you made some come forward i'm sure you've had that where you're like shit that worked out way better i, I remember there's something you did recently um i won't go into the details just in, in case it's not meant to be spoken about but you you did a particular thing recently that overachieved your expectations yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and um but then I'm sure there's lots of things that you've done too that underachieving this, but then you're like, oh shit. Yeah. They didn't quite work out. And uh, yeah, I, I see that happen all the time like with, with stuff we do and stuff I see other people do. And it's like, and then you just got to remember to like keep note of those things that actually did overachieve for those ones that underachieve. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's fucking, it's such a weird thing. I feel like, like, cause obviously, you know, I've been fucking with events a little more recently. Yeah, like yeah. One, one easy thing to do with events is like, assume that because the last one did well this one's going to do well and it's like it's not the case at all <laughs> like it's funny because i feel like I'm, I'm pretty much hosting an event once a week now yeah well we're hosting an event once a yeah, week now yeah. and i feel like every monday i have to hit it with the same amount of speed and passion as i had the previous monday yeah and if you don't it doesn't quite work the same right oh it's crazy yeah and also the time like like the time of doing that like is one week enough is two weeks enough you yeah know, it, there's all these varying factors there's also like so many things that can come into it isn't there it's like time of year what else is going on are there any other events happening in the area yeah there's so many variables like we say it with like when we when we launch a gym right that you know you you can launch a gym and you can do it almost in exactly the same way but if you shorten that timeline down or you just don't hit it with the exact same energy yeah. or manpower, it's not the same. We've, <coughs> just, we've just seen it where one, because like, we just launched one, uh, we've launched two recently, but one like in March, and um, we've just launched one that went live last Sunday. Right. And the one in March underachieved off, off what we wanted. It's got there now. But, um, you know, just that first little instance wasn't quite where we thought it would be. Yep. But when we look back, 
it wasn't launched with the same energy that the other ones were. Okay. It was only just off. Yeah. But that just off made a huge difference. And then this other one that launched last Sunday, like, touch wood, like, can it maintain what it's doing? I don't know, but it's like fucking insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now it's like looking at why is it doing so well? Because it's completely abolished everything we've done before. Like, okay. it's not even like in the same ballpark yeah, of what yeah, we've okay. done in the past. <clears throat> And it's like, okay, what were all the steps that led to that? Yeah. Um, you know, and we're, we're fortunate that the, the guy that handles it, um, he's, he's done this a lot of times in the past and he's made like, so he's always learned, he's made some tweaks and adjustments and whatnot and it's worked out really, really well. But it wasn't that far off. If you wrote all the steps down, yep. it's not that different from each other, but yep. the result is like night and day interesting and it's just the smallest little adjustments yep. yeah yeah so you are exactly right like if you're not hitting it hard and it's like groundhog day because eh? it's like you have this thing and it's as high as like oh my god awesome result yeah oh shit fuck gotta start again yeah 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 let's go and i think like with the way i operate obviously like i i wear all the hats of business where you kind of get to delegate tasks i was gonna say a little bit more a lot more um, one thing I find like I really have to separate myself from like being stuck in the mud like just having that I have no idea how to design this poster I don't know how to add value to this thing yeah. uh, whatever it might be and just going and fucking separating yourself from it because if you're not hitting it hot you're just fucking wasting your time and the project's time Yeah, yeah you know yeah, what I mean yeah. and it's like even if you have a time restraint it's like well you're still better off only having half the time that you've got and doing good work than fucking trying to execute with this slug in your brain and not being able to move forward sort of thing. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, but then again, I know what the answer is to me, but the question to like business owners is, how do you keep that passion going? How do you fucking stay onto it all the time? Yeah, and I, I think the answer to that, like if I'm gonna, if that's a question. Yeah, go on. Yeah, um, I think, for, for and this is for me, and whether it's relevant to other parties or not, but that's that, it goes back to what we were talking about before, right? why is it do you want to continue to grow do you want to continue to operate right yeah. as, as you are and what is it that you're looking for out of it so example oh. okay how do i maintain passion well if i'm at a point where i'm satisfied with what i what what is my objective of being in business there's there should fundamentally be a reason why people are doing it yeah um have i am i at that point okay tick box yes which means i don't want to grow any further yeah so am I now getting the satisfaction I want out of my business? Let's say it was because I want a good family life and I only want to be able to do six hours a day or whatever it is that you want, or I'm happy to do 50 hours a week, but I want to create X amount of revenue to be able to enjoy XXX. Yep. So let's say I'm achieving that and it's 50 hours a week with this um, particular amount of profit. So I can then go and do X, whether it's be donating money to a charity, whatever those things are, yeah. the reasons why you do it. If, if I think if they're getting if those markers are checked, then you're then satisfied. Therefore, you have the passion to continue because it's supplying you with that product that you set out to achieve. Right. So, and um, if you have an objective of growth, well, you're going to be passionate about that because you're going to be continually growing. Um, I think it's when people go into business with a false sense of not really knowing why they're doing it that they become unpassionate because it becomes like this workhorse that they don't really know what they're trying to achieve from it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have this thing of like, oh, I'm going to be in business because I think it's the cool thing to do or because 
I heard that, yeah, I can work from a beach in Hawaii. And, oh, of two hours a day off my laptop. And it's going to be this yeah. thing because some fucking <coughs> guru sold it to him online. Like, yeah. do you want to do this? Well, like, yeah, I do, but it's not that easy to achieve. So they set out to do this thing. They're not getting this thing that's actually not even probably real or do they even know they want it? Yeah. Because they've they brought into it on emotion. Yeah. Therefore, they lose their passion. I've seen so many people lose their passion for it. And I think you can lose passion as well just from not having the the resilience that you need to actually be able to achieve it. Like it's very hard to start something and it let's say it misses a mark, right? So you, you said you're not that you're not that fussed about the path or the journey. So like you might sit out and go, Okay, by the six month mark, I need it to be here. Let's say it's gonna run let's say you're going to get there. Say it was a million dollars a year you want to make, right? Yeah. Happy with a million bucks a year, cool. No worries at all. And in your mind, you're like, oh, I want to be there in 15 months. Now, what if the 15th month come and you weren't there, And but I could guarantee you you're going to get there in 32 months. Yeah. And But I could guarantee you're going to get there. Would you still continue to do it? Probably yes. Yeah. Most people probably would if I could guarantee it. Yeah. But what happens is you get to this certain point, it's not where you thought it was going to be. It's extremely difficult. It's yeah. completely uprooted <clears throat> your life. And, you, and then that's where the passion dies because, because it becomes work. Right. You forget about the, the goal because you think it becomes unattainable. Yep. And, um, and then it's like it becomes this thing. And that's when a lot of, a lot of businesses will just like cave in on themselves because they can't get past that, that point. I think that's the case of like having a vision with no mission. You know what I mean? Like you really yeah. have this idea of like what it's going to look like and feel like, but you don't have a basis of the purpose of it all. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's fucking, it's crazy. I feel like I, I actually picked up on this a lot when I when I had my coffee van. The coffee van was such a great point, was a great uh, vehicle of collecting data, you know, metaphorically. and Yeah, yeah. Because you got to see like how businesses operated from kind of like a, a fundamental level. You weren't just seeing like the, the front counter, you were seeing behind the shed, the yeah, operations. Yeah, because you yeah, you're always like at the back of the business. You see the politics, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? You get people that you do and don't like. And it's funny because I found like that there was a really clear line in the sand. There was business owners that were keeping alive and there were business owners that were fucking running. You yeah, know, there were yeah. business owners that were just fucking flying as close to the sun as they could all the time. Then other business owners, they're making their fucking 1200 bucks a week. How are you going? That's all they need. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I always wondered like what separates, what separates this thing. And I mean, I guess you could say that the ones who are sitting back with their 1200 bucks a week with a business and no one telling them what to do, they might be the smart ones because I've got their time. Yeah. They're obviously appreciating it. They've, you know, I only ever wanted to support my own family. I'm supporting my family. I'm here. But I just always fucking related to the ones who are flying close to the sun. Yeah, so it's a personality <coughs> trait, right? It we is. all have different wants and needs. I'm the, same, I'm the same as you. Yeah. Yeah, and then it becomes like, you, you'll probably find in your nature, you're, you know, you're, you're willing to take a little bit more risks than others and stuff like that. The people that want to fly close to the sun are generally the ones that are, are willing to go for it and put, the, put themselves on the line. Of yeah, the line. 100%. But that's probably because deep down to our core there's different needs and wants potentially you know about what do you want out of it you know um i think that's yeah and that's gonna i think that'll be one of those things like what do you want out of it and why do you want it and that's gonna that will almost decide where you're going to want to end up yeah like you know i originally thought yeah cool like the goal is yet you make a million dollars a year and oh my God, like what more could you need? But then it becomes like more than money. What do you do when you achieve that? Like what's next? Yeah. And I suppose it's a million dollars a year is not going to get the outcome that I'm looking for out of a business, you know? So you need to get 
you think you think that's that thing that you want but then it's not always about the money the money is just a vehicle for me personally the money is yeah, a vehicle to indicator. create a particular thing yep. that I'm personally trying to create and um I don't know and eventually that that's to buy time but it's not just buy time for me it's to buy time for my kids and my kids kids yeah yeah my okay. parents whatever it may be yeah um cuz I see a society where I think you need to be able to not be dependent on the government to yep. be free. I think money unfortunately creates freedom, right? Yep. Cause people say, Oh, I'm free because I have as much time and I can do what I want, but, but you can't because what happens when right now let's double fuel prices. Oh yeah. Let's throw interest rates up. Let's do this. Let's do that. But I think with enough cash flow producing assets, whether it be businesses, investments, whatever the hell it is, the government can do what the fuck they want, but they're not going to control me and my immediate family. Right. That's personally, that's the that's that driver for me. Yeah. Like you can push interest rates to what you want. You can put fuel prices to $10 a litre. I don't give a shit. Yeah. You're not going to then be able to dictate where I go, what I do. Yeah. Um, I, I think know, real that, hardcore, end of the day, if the government decided to do something they really want to do, we don't have a say, but giving yourself the best possible opportunity at uh, in that situation is by having a lot of money. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. And like the writing was on the wall a very long time ago. It's been like this for centuries. Yeah. But um, it, it just takes, it took me a while to obviously see that, you know, it, what was I, I don't know, 20 when I realized, hold on a minute here, long term, you're going to be governed to this this thing that's been created, this vehicle that you're trapped into. Yeah. There's only one fucking way out of it. And um, I used to see these people with with money and it wasn't the luxury items that they had, but it was their ability to never be, you, you know, you, you, cut, you see certain families, every time like an interest rate would rise or all these complaints about milk prices and this and that yeah, and all yeah, this yeah. stuff. And I'm like, why is something so small affecting so many people? But yet there, there, there's other people walking around, don't give a shit. Yeah. They don't care. You know, they don't care at all. And I'm like, well, they that is freedom because they're not stressed about the small stuff. How do you achieve that? Well, I think um, you know, there's a certain amount of freedom that also like can be categorized as like your state of mind as well. Like yeah. I'm free as fuck. You know, free as fuck. Like what's going on tomorrow? I don't know. Whatever I decide to do. Yeah. You yeah, know? yeah. And it's going to be work hard. It's going to be execute shit that I don't know how to do. And that's fine. Yeah. But that's you enjoy it too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I feel like this is the thing, man. Like, I don't know. This is probably getting a bit airy fairy, but if you're talking to me about football, you got fuck all else to offer me. Hey, because you're thinking about football. You're watching football. You got three hours a week to watch football and digest it and talk to your mates about it. There's so much other shit in the world to talk about than a fucking game. You know, yeah, yeah, and like yeah. I might just be too fucking lost in the source of business, but I'm like, you're wasting my time, dude. Yeah, I think that's just because that's your passion uh, right now. Yeah, I know exactly course, what you mean. Course. I know exactly what you mean, but I think that if that's something that someone's passionate about, like that, that's that's good. That that's what they're passionate about. Right. But I understand what you mean as well. Like you you end up networking though and hanging around with people that have similar interests. It's like, and that's a fair point to make. And I don't think it's rude. Like if someone wants to, or if all they want to talk about is football and that doesn't interest you, it's fair enough. Like, look, we don't have enough in common. I'm not really interested in spending a lot of the time that I have, which isn't a lot because I'm so busy doing yeah. other things I enjoy. Yeah. I don't want to talk to you about that. It's the same as me. Like if someone wanted to talk to me about, I don't know, like <coughs> something I'm not interested in, like- Weather patterns. 
fucking weather patterns or hunting pigs or some shit. Like, I don't know, man. I'm not a hunter. Like, yeah. Cool. Like, but, it, you know, if, you, if you're involved in someone you've just met and they're talking to you about it, I'd, I'd, I would engage because I'd find it interesting. Yeah. But I'm not going to want to be like, oh, let's catch up every Thursday to talk about uh, where the pigs are at this week. Naturally. I think... And that's what you're saying. Yeah. Well, yeah. That, I feel like, you know, if you picture your mind as a certain amount of bandwidth or capacity, it's like, okay, you're telling me that a certain percentage of the pie is taken up with men playing with a ball you know what i mean and i just feel like for me freedom is like if we break down what that is the person a person the reason a person will like a competitive sport like football is like it speaks to this uh thing that we like to engage in which is an us and them battle right i got my team you got your team they played each other we won we lost celebration it's an event you look forward to it you get excited about it. afterwards you celebrate it and for me it's like well i fulfill that competitive nature by just trying to be better than myself yesterday and I fuck with other people who have that same formula. Yeah. And it's like, for me, the, the football thing, like I don't really care about the football thing. It's the fact that you're filling that competitive part of you with someone else's activity and output and then normalizing it with other people who do the same thing. And at the same time, you're competing with a can and a cigarette. And now you want to talk to me about all this. And it's just like, I don't have that bandwidth in my mind. Like I really have exercised it somewhere else so much so that this is annoying that you get excited about someone else doing something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I understand. I understand what you mean. I think it's okay though that people have their own passion. Oh fuck them, they can do what they want. You know. <laughs> yeah, 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 you know what I mean though. But I understand. I understand what you mean because right now, like you've got, like I can imagine, like with the the growth that you're going through and everything else, that like, your mind is so full. You don't want to be yeah. getting bogged down with just like things that you just have fucking no interest in. But here's the funny thing. Like if you're a customer and you're making a $250 sale, well, I'm the biggest Collingwood supporter you've ever met. You know what I mean? Because I'm passionate about my business. I don't know the outcome by giving. And it sounds shallow to say that, but it's like, that's that's what passion is. Yeah. You know, it's not, I'm not saying that I'm a fake person to that person, but in that moment, I'll give you the value that makes it valuable for you as a customer. I've already given you a, a jumper. I've already given you a sticker. It comes in a nice bag. We're having this interaction. If that means a cherry on the cake is talking about football, I'm your bitch. Let's talk about football. Yeah, yeah. I you understand know? what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Going back three conversations, I think it might be. You were talking about this idea of like setting these uh, time-based goals uh, that were like monetary, right? So I want to make a million dollars by the time I'm 30, say. Yeah. And I think um, like there's two ways and this kind of ties into how we kind of or how I uh, think we look at things is like I have this goal that I want like I'm 29, I turn 30 at the end of the year and like for total transparency, I got fucking, you know, like 47 bucks in my account at the moment as per usual. Yeah. But I, I'm going to be a millionaire by the time I'm 30. I've decided that. Okay. Right. And like, however it looks, I don't know, man, the path is flexible. It might happen the day before I turn 30, but it's <laughs> yeah. going to happen. Okay. Yeah. But if the reality comes around and it doesn't happen. Are you going to be disappointed? Not at all. Okay. I tried to have $500,000 before my 29th birthday. That didn't happen. I just doubled the goal. You know what I mean? I understand what you mean. Yeah, yeah. But the thing to me is like a million dollars isn't a big amount of money because as soon as I made a million, well, it's like, okay, I made a million by 30. I want to make two by 31, you know? And whether the time is is one year or 10 years, like I'm not quitting, you know? So I feel like one part of that is like actualizing what that goal really is because I know a million dollars is a lot of money to me right now, but where I want to end up, it isn't that much. And I can treat it appropriately. So it's like, cool, making my first million. Sure, it's hard but it's my first million, Yeah, you know? And I think there's something to almost outlandish goals and like being like, I think audacious is the right word enough to set these crazy goals. Cause it's like, sure, if I'm, if I'm going for a million dollars by the time I'm 30, 
if I end up with 10 grand in my account by the time I'm 30, I mean, compared to right now, that looks unreal, doesn't it? Yeah, you'll be probably a little bit frustrated. I'll just quickly run to the bathroom. Yeah, fucking right. Yeah, that's right. Um, right so yeah. What was the topic? You were talking about... Um, oh, the unreal, million, uh, outlandish goals. Outlandish goals and having 10 grand out of a million. Yeah. Yeah, dude, that's a fucking... That's still a win. That's still a win. No, I think like even... Uh, say like even what I did with the winter range, you know, and like, as you know, I... It was the first time I borrowed money to execute anything in my business. I've never really, I've always just wanted to bootstrap everything and not really put myself in a, in a position where I've just made an inexperienced mistake. You know what I mean? Where you go, oh, I'm going to print 500 T's. So you go and borrow fucking 15 grand to do all that. And then all of a sudden you sell 20 of them and you're like, I got 480 fucking T's, <laughs> you know? And like, yeah. I, I did do that with fish finders in a way. But um, I think like- With you know, what, sorry? Oh, dude, that's a whole story. With battery-operated fish finders? Did I tell you this? No, no. Okay, dude. Okay, this is good. So, what happened was I saved up all my money when I was truck driving. Had 20 grand. Yeah. So, I bought the caravan, bought the car, bought all the shit you can imagine to travel on the road. Like, everything. Yeah. So, we the way it worked was I finished work. We fucking... That part of the story doesn't matter. So, we live in the caravan. We're living in Mandurah and I get down to 10 grand. And I'm like, fuck. I'm 10 grand off needing a job. You know, and this is in the middle of COVID, unvaxxed, wasn't getting vaxxed, didn't like the idea of any of that. So I'm like, fuck, man, I really got to figure this out. So I go on YouTube and I want to say like I search something like how to make money online, you know, (laughs) and I just watched, I had no shit watched, like this went for days, watching videos of cunts who were doing um, drop shipping and e-commerce and this, that and the other. And I'm like- Those things we're talking about before, do this and win. yeah, 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 yeah. And it's crazy because like, it's funny, it literally comes, it came down to watching this one particular dude who had a very, like, very similar structure to what you're talking about, you know, just like, make this e-commerce store, make your first million in six months, rah, rah, rah. So I'm like, oh, it seems pretty straightforward, and like, there's heaps of people doing it, so, you know, I'll do it. So it was at the same time I read Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, mm-hmm. and then went on to choosing a product, learning how to market it, going through all the steps, and the product that I chose was these battery operated fish finders. The reason was is because I got this little plastic green or blue boat that doesn't have a battery on board. It's got a pull start fucking outboard, a three horsepower, so you don't need a skipper's ticket. You don't even need to register this thing, it's so small. Yeah. But if you've got a fish finder, it runs off 12 volt power, so it plugs into you know a 12 volt battery, which yeah. you have on most boats. So I realized any boat my size or a kayak, like a fishing kayak, you don't have these batteries on board unless it's a high-end kayak. So I thought, makes sense. You get these fish finders, they run on AA batteries. You literally just throw them over the side. The transponder hangs in the water. A float holds it. It's got like a six meter cord so you can like chuck it way out there. And there was all different like applications and uses for it. And to be honest with you, a great product if you know how to market, right? Yeah. So I bought a hundred of those fish finders. Like I got myself a sample. We went to a trout farm. We went fishing and saw the fish underneath and then caught them. So we even got a bit of content. So I went, I went ahead and thought, fuck yeah, I'll just do it. I'm going to buy a hundred of these fish finders. And of course, like talking to my mentors at the time, everyone was like, yeah, seems bulletproof, go for it, you know? Yeah. And uh, I sold I sold like 25 of them. But like to give you an idea, like I bought them at $17.50 and I was selling them at $250. So like after selling 10, I'm like, I'm, I'm a fucking genius. I'm a fucking genius. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Because it's like it, the, the markup was crazy and everything kind of made sense. But the kind of like rebirth of black ink came from this like, like trifecta of things happening. I had people telling me all the time, why don't you do something with black ink? Why don't, you know, like where's black ink gone? What's black ink gonna do next? Yeah. I realized I could use Photoshop 
And I had gone through the process of building websites, learning how to market, understanding the whole structure of having a product, having the distributor, the person who produces a product, being a middleman, selling it, the customer. And I understood that the real powerful position was to be the one who had the product to begin with. And I was like, well, that's what Black Ink is. You know, I'm not relying on some ambassador to sell my shirt. I'm the guy who sells the shirt. Yep. And that's when the whole shift changed. I literally got the fucking fish finders. I put them into the corner of the shed and I was like, I'm turning off all my paid promotion. I'm completely stopping that. I don't care. It's off to one side and just went full steam ahead with black ink. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't know that. So where are these fish finders now? In my shed. Oh, you still got them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why don't you sell them? So it's funny, it's funny actually, because with the most recent, uh, the check shirt part of the winter release. So I did- oh, I've seen that. <clears throat> I wondered what you meant. You get a fish finder with it. No, you get a free fishing shirt. Oh, free fishing shirt. Yeah, oh, so, sorry. Oh, yeah, dude, okay. how's this? Dude, this is fucking crazy. So I went around to is all that these- what, Is that those, them down there? Those blue ones? Yeah. Yeah. So I went to all these businesses and said, hey, I'm going to put together this fishing shirt. It's going to be like a kind of sponsored sort of thing. Do you want to Do you want to put your name in and get your name on this fishing shirt? So I got six local sponsors. Actually, I think I teamed up with another business and he got three and I got three or something like that. Yeah. And we used all of their money to make these fishing shirts- and then obviously you sell the fishing shirts and you get the money back. Sold two of them. And I'm, and it's good for their brand because people who wear the shirts then obviously exactly see right. the shop. Blah, yeah. Blah, blah. yeah. Great cool. in theory. Yeah. Great in theory. And like they even look cool. Like they're bright blue. And I was actually just looking at them before and I was going <coughs> to ask you about what are those shirts down there. And they're fine. Because it's different to what you normally do. That's right. Yeah. So now I've got a fucking stockpile of these shirts. I've got all these fish finders. And it's funny because now you like I can already hear it starting to click over the past few weeks. I'm like, I could just put them on my website as black ink. And people would fucking buy them because people buy shit that I put up for sale. Like, I know it sounds like a super overzealous, confident thing to say, but like, I put shit up for sale and people fuck with it because it's black ink. Not because it's a shirt or because it's a jumper, but because it's black ink. So it's like, man, I get this doesn't make any sense, but here's some fish finders. And if I sold them for $17 each just to get my money back, people would buy them for the fucking novelty of it. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. So it's like, yeah, how do you sell them? How do you sell them at this point? Well, the same way you sold the first 25. Yeah. However you did that, I don't know. With but... more refined marketing skills is, is the answer, I think. Yeah, yeah. But you've done it once, so you can do it again. Yeah. And or it's... you could use them as a, as a thing, like a promotional thing, give them away. And that's the thing. Know. I would rather give them away. And like these fish, these are fishing shirts, like it'd be great to get. I mean, this is the thing. I know that they cost fuck all to make. And I know that BCF sells them for like a fucking 800% increase in price. Good on them. You know, yeah, and like I'd love to just sell them for double what they cost me, but the reality is they're so much more valuable as giving them to a customer who's already spent sixty bucks. And like twenty twenty one fishing team, like doesn't even make sense. But I got it for free. I'll wear it in the garden. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, fair enough. And it's funny yeah. because like you say something's for free, and people are like, oh fuck, like what do I need to do? So I just buy something. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And off they go. Yeah, that's cool, man. I like it. But. It's interesting. Well, now I know. Now I know what they are. Anyway, when I was looking at them down there. <coughs> yeah, they're not my best work, but they are my work. You know. <laughs> yeah, I haven't had. A, I haven't had a good look. I just was intrigued purely just because they looked completely different to everything else that you have around here. That's yeah, all. bright blue. <laughs> yeah, it's completely different. Um, so you're talking before about you. Oh, the dude who's got the podcast. He's saying he's very like open and transparent about how he runs his business. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't necessarily have like a. His thing's not like running a podcast, but he just speaks openly about his business on his like YouTube platform. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I think one thing that I've 
organically done with black ink is kind of kept this like journal of what's happening with black ink as it's growing yeah and i'd say it's like a it's a mix of what's physically happening with the business and also like what's emotionally happening with me as far as like how i'm dealing with situations how i'm growing how i'm making my decisions and i feel like a part of that was in my mind i was defending it because as far as being so transparent is i'm adding depth to my business so that means that, you know, if you're like, oh, I, you know, I kind of know about Black Ink and then you find my podcast and you watch one of them, you're like, oh, fuck. Like, here's all like the, the back end of what's going on for the past week, right? And I've always kind of thought, what, like, obviously it, it's very situational, but do you think with the way business is kind of conducted these days, and that can mean a lot of things I know, but do you think being more transparent than less transparent is a better option because i know the old school are very like I'm, i won't even tell you who i'm gonna vote for yeah keep your cards close to your chest all that sort of stuff like like i think it's i think it's dependent on the business um so like i i believe transparency is a good thing if it's if you're being transparent for what what's the reason right like you're being transparent to maybe help educate people on you know potential like do's and don'ts and all things like that like you see it all the time like Big businesses too, like I watch, I watch a lot of business stuff and even like Gymshark, a huge, a huge company. Yeah. Um, the young guy, Ben Francis, uh, the guy who built this company, like insane story, like clothing brand. I don't even know if you, do you know the story? No. You mean, you have to know this. I'll have to sh- send you the links. Okay, I'll, okay. It's an amazing story. So this guy, um, young guy, English from Birmingham, from memory, um, he... He's, he was he was into the gym, quite passionate about it. Um, you all good? Yeah, I was yeah. just making sure she hadn't fucking. Oh yeah, no worries. You're up, puppy. So he, he he basically started doing a similar thing to you, right? He, he he started designing gym singlets, essentially. Yeah. Um, but literally making the garments himself. So he taught himself how to sew. Okay. Made the garments and then would like make the press thing and you know put the transfer on or yeah, whatever yeah, it is yeah. that he did. This is very, very early days before like, you know, like getting people on Instagram to like help sell your products yeah, and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. When I say early days, it's, what are we talking about? Six, seven years ago was early days for this stuff. Yeah. You know? Anyway, started doing it, sent out a bunch of shirts to a bunch of people and said like, wear these and sure enough, it starts blowing up. And then I'm going to make the assumption that it's seven years from then to now. Right. You'd have to check the stats, but let's just say it's seven years. It's now a billion dollar business. They've got warehouses all over the world. Right. Like, uh, I don't know the exact numbers of what they turn over, but it, it's it's enormous. Yeah. It's enormous. And um, they're very transparent about their business. Like, once again, on YouTube, he goes through and he talks to you and he takes you through the business and they talk openly about, like, their challenges and problems they face and all that sort of stuff. And I think it's cool. I think it's good to be able to talk about your business. Yeah. Um, I think you've got to be respectful to any shareholders that you may have or customers and things like that yeah, about yeah, what you sure. do and don't say. Um but apart from that, I think I think it's cool. I think it's interesting, and people like watching interesting shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Whether it's about business or whether it's like watching, you know, how to mow your lawns better. Like people watch things on TV that they may have an interest in. I think business can be interesting for a lot of people. Um, I don't have a problem with it personally. I don't see why it should be an issue. Talking yeah. about money is this thing that has been like drummed into people where it should be frowned upon. And I think that's where like talking about your business can be frowned upon because it's businesses are like profit based things. Yeah. And people like, I don't know, shy away from talking about that. I don't think it's a problem. <coughs> um, I think it's a good thing. I think it can be productive. Um, I think it'd be beneficial to most people. So yeah, 
I think it's good. Yeah, yeah I think, uh, and like, this is the thing. I, I'm like, I'm coming from a point of view where like, my dad's the sort of person that, you know, like he's not going to even say hello to you if it's unnecessary. You know what I mean? Like he's very old school, cards close to the chest. And like, you know, if you're the right person, obviously that is a different situation. And like, I've replicated him in heaps of ways. And that's one thing that I've really had to like, I've seen that it's a character trait of mine. And to be honest, a lot of our interaction where you've been 100% like, here's, here's how this works. Here's how the money's made. Here's where it is. Here's where I've gone wrong. Here's where I've gone right. Where I've been like, oh, fuck. It's actually like by you giving me that information, it's like, okay, there's nothing lost from you when you give that away. No. You know what I mean? And it's like, it's not like I'm going to go take that and be like, oh, I'm going to go start a gym. Yeah. You know? And even if you do, cool, good on you. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. And even then there's like, there's opportunity to uh, uh, optimize that as well and like benefit for both of us of that. Like, I think the, the, the struggle for me has been like, I think deep down there's this like, as, as a loud mouth sort of smart ass, I want to tell you anything every way. Uh, anyway, and I've got this like kind of nurtured thing into me that's like, don't tell them anything at all. And now I'm getting to a point where I realize like a lot of people, A, are interested to hear what you've got to say. Yeah. And a lot yeah. of times when you go, here's everything that's going on and here's a problem that I'm facing and you get someone who's completely removed from it. Maybe they make coffee five days a week and they have no idea about business. And they go, well, why don't you do it this way? And you're like, why don't I do it that way? Why don't I do it? That's, that's such a great idea. And I wouldn't have got that unless I was transparent with this person about whatever it was in that moment. So I think it's like, I always, I, I always find it interesting, you know, you find, you find the old school business owners where it's like, they almost don't even have a full personal conversation with you, let alone business, because they don't want you to know too much. Yeah, yeah, it's like, yeah, what yeah. are you saving? I don't know. I think trans, being transparent is good. I think, you, you know, all this information you might put out there or, or giving people information, if it can help them, like, like happy days. And I, th- I don't know, for me personally... I know I had people help me. They didn't ask for anything in return, just advice. Yeah. And I couldn't have done what I'd done without that advice. Like, no way. And I mean, personally, that's why I'm open to helping people. Like, you know, I know I've worked and I feel like I've helped you along the way. Yeah. And I've done that for, for lots of people and I don't ask for anything in return because I know that it worked for me really well. I was super grateful for that. Yeah. And then if you can return, it's just like, returning something back you know i think that's all it is and even like these podcasts or other bits of information that you spill out you're you're talking about things that you may have faced challenges someone may learn from that that's value adding to the community the society yep that's pretty good you know whether they whether someone learns from it or not doesn't matter but then you can also get something in return where they may come to you and say oh Hey Jake, just wanted to reach out. Oh, listen to your thing, and um, I heard about that problem you're facing. You know, I actually know someone who's been through that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna connect you to right networking. Yeah. So, sharing information online, which is what you're sort of referring to, yeah. gives you the ability to network, even though it's one-sided networking right now. Yeah, it can come back around, and I think we can all agree, networking is really beneficial. Fuck yeah, yeah. But the networking platform has changed. What used to be playing golf on a Friday back in the day exactly right is yeah. now or going to, to the bar whatever the hell it was it's changed now yeah and it's everywhere yeah so, and also the language has changed like before it was just a simple conversation and now networking is like I mean 
in a very in a similar sense but like broken down in a, in a different situation it's like even liking like if you're in like you know your early 20s and you're in the dating scene like the communication of liking someone's photo what that means yeah yeah you know so yeah. i feel like the yeah. isn't it crazy <clears throat> hey you are right like liking a, a photo it's insane what does it mean it's that's funny because that's how me and bianca um actually sort of got got connected like it was I won't go into the story of how we met, but we met right somewhere, <coughs> and um, and then it was, it was like later on, you know, adding as friends, right? Like yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. And then it started with like a like of a photo, yeah, right, but not the most recent photo. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's it like says, okay, I'm yeah, in your photos. Yeah, I'm in your photos. I've liked this photo, whatever yeah. it is. And, um, <laughs> it's and, three a.m. on a Sunday morning. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't that. It wasn't yeah. that. But yeah, and then it, but then that evolves, right? That that turned that light turned into oh okay. There's now the ability to interact now. Yeah. So form of networking to a degree, right? Like okay, that person's taken that step forward. Is that opening up the doors to interact? Yeah. Um, I know that sounds like really like a bit a bit petty because I suppose most people these days are like right into their like social media and stuff like that. I'm not a social media guy. I don't have yeah. Instagram. Don't have like never had Tinder or any of that bullshit. Not that it's a bad thing. It's just not me. Have yeah. Facebook, do a few posts here and there, like whatever. Yeah. I don't really play with it too <clears> much. But from someone who's also been in like long-term relationships before that, then becoming single, you know, at the age of like 32 or whatever, yeah. I'm like, oh, do you play this online game or not? I don't really know. But then for me, it was like, okay, that opens up the doors for communication. Yeah. But for me, that that opened up the doors for a real-world communication. Like I'm not the sort of guys then like slipping into DMs. I'm just like... Coffee. Yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Or yeah. in that case, it was like, walk, let's go walk the dogs. Yeah, perfect. Whatever perfect. it may be. But like, that, it op- it's that networking that door opening up for future conversations and that's yeah. where an online platform can be beneficial that's how oh, we connected man. anyway back back from when it was through content yeah that's right which was going back way to the very first thing that you mentioned it, it then opens up a door for communication conversations although we already knew each other yeah we hadn't sort of interacted for however many years <clears throat> since you stopped running coffee so metaphorically that's like seeing you at the 11th hole from the nine you know what I mean? That's like going like, oh, fucking, hey, we should have a coffee soon. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like skip forward 20 years. It's like, that's you liking a podcast, me messaging you saying, hey, we should catch up. And you go, yeah. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Wild. Wild. Yeah, it's just different game now, eh? I think um, talking about Bianca, I uh, I definitely, like I actually had this conversation with Riz this morning. Um, like none of this, absolutely none of this is possible without Riz. Like what I'm doing right now is a hundred percent because I've got like that person who understands that like not even what I'm doing, just that I'm on a mission. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And like she's like, cool, whatever that requires from me, you let me know and we'll and we'll get that done. Yeah. You know? Like obviously, like the the obvious answer to the question is like obviously Bianca's super important to your situation. Yeah. But like as far as like your your like unit goes your support unit around you it starts at bianca and goes like the people you're involved with and that like what do you think are the most important parts of all of that what do you focus on keeping strong okay so you mean like how do, how do i keep the people around me and the support network like connected or 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 keep them on board with what i'm doing okay so more so like we were talking before about <clears throat> Uh, the, like the time and energy requirements, especially like, you know, when you are in the growth phase of a business, like knowing that, you know, Riz might not see me for a couple of days because I'm going to be in here when I release a product. Yeah, right? yeah. So it's, I guess like, 
what elements of the relationship are you making sure are fucking locked in tight so that when all this when all this fucking boat stops rocking from all the shit we're doing and, yeah. and you do get everything you want yeah. to make sure at the end of that you're the person you need to be they are and you are together as well yeah yeah so i think that comes down from not just your partner but your family members and your friends yeah maybe so i think they're all treated slightly differently obviously but i like i've learned the hard way as well like um you know potentially burning friendships not through burning them through like doing the wrong thing but just not being able to be there for people because right. you, as you know it sucks a lot of time away and through relationships as well and i think it's just finding one one that your you, your partner needs to understand what it is you're trying to achieve yeah. and be okay with that right like so it can't be too much of a selfish act so you need to be able to have that conversation make sure you're both aligned with that vision right um, I think that goes for any relationship though. Whatever you want as individuals needs to be somewhat aligned. Otherwise, feels weird we have to say that out loud, hey. Hey. Feels weird we have to say that yeah, out loud that you truth. should be doing that in relationships, but most people aren't. No, most people aren't. Because yeah. you, you can start you can start here and if you have a, a slightly varied vision of the long term, it's okay at the start, right? Two months in, three months in, six months in. Five years in, yeah. you're just taking different paths and you're, you're separate people. Yeah, uh, so yeah, yeah. I think it's important to stay aligned. And um, it doesn't, it's not a bad thing that people deviate. It's just life. Yeah, it's so, also, everyone has the permission to grow. That's right. 100%. Expectation to grow, you know? Yeah, and grow in the path that they want. So, first of all, identifying where aligned, cool. Yep, check that box. And, um, we're, we're referencing this to business fundamentally, is, is, your, is your question. Yeah. So, um, making sure that, that that's my vision and my goal, cool. Bianca's aligned with that, that's great. But also what are her needs and wants as well? So like I've got to make a conscious, a conscious effort to make sure that, you know, if she wants to do this, that I still make time for that. Right, right. And I think that's important. Um, and I, I, I know for us that works, right? So just making sure that, because if it was me, sometimes I'd work like, I don't know, 20 hours a day, fucking 365 days straight. Of course. And it's not always <laughs> by 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 choice. It's just sometimes you fall into this rat race. So like consciously making an effort for them. And the hardest thing, to be honest, so I think that answers that question. The hardest thing I face is actually friendships. So I know for me now at the stage of what I'm going through, like my phone calls and messages are like in insane and it's not something like that is to be bragged about it's like frustratingly insane because yeah. you get caught up in there's all these different things there's all these different like staff members um, customers we're dealing with you know future plans that we have going on and your phone's ringing red hot you can be on a phone call while you're on that call it might go for an hour yeah. in that time you've had four people trying to call you you've had six text messages and then you're seeing them come through and then you're like, you call that person back. You'll open the message while you're on like, because you hear it coming through, you read it and you're like, I'll reply to them after. Yeah. You forget. And like all these times go by and, and the people that I get most frustrated about not replying to is actually my friends because they, and I've got, I'm fortunate that my friend group is is understanding, yeah. but also like how long are they willing to tolerate that for? And that's one thing that I've got to make sure for me personally, that's one of the, the things I try and put as much energy into as I can to not fuck that up. Because yeah. long term, you don't want to get to the end of this thing. Not and, have any friends. And not have any friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like most of my friends are being like really understanding about it. And they give me shit about it. They're like, oh, fuck, here we go. You messaged me back after six months. It's not that long, but yeah, yeah. it's actually not like the intentions. 
And that's the one thing that I actually find really frustrating and difficult with business. And that's one thing I'm trying to get my head around at the moment. Um, and then family, in a way, I'm fortunate that my family is really, really small. Yeah. I come from a big family, but all my family is in Victoria. Yeah. So <clears throat> just through being on the other side of the country for the majority of my life, we've distanced ourselves from them. Not intentionally, but it's just the yeah. way the world goes. So really, I've only got like my mum, my dad, and my sister. Um, my dad now works for our company. And so I see them all the time anyway. So that sort of keeps the connection there. Yeah, yeah. Just through the ability of just being you know, speaking each day. Yeah, in the same room sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. And um, so like that's actually pretty easy to handle. So relationship-wise, quite easy to handle because we're aligned with our goals and visions. Yeah. Uh, family is pretty easily um, handled because we communicate obviously daily. My sister yeah. also works at one of the businesses. And so naturally there's like, just like you're running into each other or it's whatever organic, it may be. Yeah. It's organic. Um, but the friends is the hard one. And that's the one that I personally don't want to fuck up. Okay. Um, not that not that it's fucking up. But <coughs> you're only human, right? And you can only have so many conversations a day, and you can only communicate to so many people in a day. And yeah. There's only so much time in a day, and you you do your best. So it's funny, you know. You say you're on the business call, and you the call from a friend comes through, or a message from a friend comes through, and unfortunately, you deprioritize it because it doesn't move the needle. And you oh, go, I'll get back to that. I don't even know if it's that. To me, it's not even like not prioritizing it. It's just that you just you you literally just like can forget or yeah. you just run out of time in your day. Yeah. So like we, we done an exercise like the other week and we just like, I tracked a few days worth of calls and in one particular day, there was 70, I think there was 71 or 73 phone calls in that day, but that's not including missed calls or anything. That's just actual conversations yeah. that we had in a day. Yeah. And then I wonder why like my brain's fried at the end of the day. Cause you've yeah. had 70 conversations with people about a particular thing yeah, and each calls a, a particular thing. Like it's and that's not including any emails, text messages, in-person conversations you may have had throughout the day. Now, it's yeah. not always like that, but that is that's that was my choice because we chose to take on... We, we brought two businesses within the space of two months of each other. Yeah. We're in the process of building another one. And not only did we buy those businesses, we had to rebrand them, renovate them, yeah. whilst building another one, whilst maintaining our current operations and all these things. And unfortunately, those things come with conversations. Yeah. Because that's how you get shit done. Yeah, of course. You know, I find you don't get things done through text messages and emails. You get things done by picking up the goddamn phone and speaking to someone. Yeah, well, the best, the, the best, the best bet is face to face. And if you can't have that, it's it's on a phone, the phone. call. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. funny. You know, like figuring out a problem. More importantly, where I learned this lesson was um, dealing with problems. If you can't talk to them face to face, which is always the best way to deal with it, yeah, yeah, talk yeah. to them on the phone. If you can't talk to them onto the on the phone, send them an email. If you can't send them an email, send them, you know what I mean. Like, there's yeah. a definitely a fucking there's a there's a there's a way you want to process it. <clears throat> emails can be misconstrued in so many ways, like yeah. you know, because there's no context to the tone of the voice, or if you're not good with grammar, which most people aren't, yeah, me included. Lucky for Grammarly out there to save the day, yeah, but yeah, yeah. you know, you can miss certain punctuation markers and stuff like that. So like. The, the sentence doesn't flow correctly yeah. and then someone will read it thinking it's it's coming across in, a, in the wrong way. Dude, you Do you know, know what, what works really well? What's that? So, sorry to cut you off there. It's just a simple voice message. I was just about to say voice memos. Yeah, voice memos. I've been memos. fucking with them. They're so good. Yeah, because it gets the right tone in the voice across yeah. in the right way and I think it's it's a it's a pretty good tool to have. Yeah, fucking oath. That. And it also saves a shit ton of time of trying to type as well. So Yeah, well, mainly it's in the car. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I'll, I'll get a message. I'm like, I've got to respond to this now. I'm like, hey, rah, rah, rah. it's fucking done. You know, yeah. you send it, off you go. Um, I tell you what I have a bigger problem with is like, if I send an email, 
is people, not even an email, I've had this problem my whole fucking life, is people just not reading the shit that you send them. They how, just, do you, how do you know they haven't read it? Because they blatantly don't do the thing that you said in the thing. You know, like, I, I've got this one fucking crystal clear case, case study from when I was 19 with my first girlfriend, head over heels in love. And, I, and for whatever reason, we hadn't seen each other for two weeks, doing fly and fly out. I'd go on holidays and shit. So I'd like, I hadn't seen her for two weeks. We had this like two hour lot between me flying in and flying out again. I was like, right, I'm going to be in Perth, you be in Bunbury. We meet a manager in the middle. Yeah. I said, you know, go down Pinjara Road. I'll meet you under the bridge. We'll go get some HJs, make a thing of it. And I remember I got this message and like I was riding on my Harley. So, you know, you can't read your message till you fucking get there. So I get there expecting her to be there within like 10, 15 minutes. And I get this message. Oh, sorry, I turned down a road that um, said like pointed to Pinjara. I'm like, so, okay, all, all good. So I gave you this thing saying exactly 96 kilometers from the mile up roadhouses pinjara road turn left there i'll meet you under the bridge and you interpret that into just go on the highway and turn pinjara you know and i feel like i've had that same situation repeat itself time and time and time again where i'll break something down step by step and then they'll still arrive 20 minutes late have no idea be wearing the wrong shoes you know what i mean like yeah i think with that (coughs) we we actually when i say so so we me and my business partner um, have spoken about this at length recently, this exact same topic. And we've come to the conclusion and, and the point's been proven through changing the way that certain things are communicated. And he's put a lot of time into, um, you know, working and communicating to people remotely. Right. And one of the things is that we've found through, you know, you, you go through a bunch of different examples and that everyone will make their assumption or they believe what they are still doing may be correct but they just don't fully understand what you're asking of them and um, i think the best way to eliminate that is when you put out an email as an example because they're the most common thing to be misunderstood yep and i don't think it's people's like intentions of doing the wrong thing it's like they just don't actually understand right so you can email them follow that up if you can with a call and just say, like, let's say you said, oh, can you do these seven things for me, please, right? right. You, that's what you've asked for, cool. Now, do they understand it? That's the thing. They probably don't fully understand. If you said, oh, can you just ex- can you explain back to me what those seven steps look like? Now, as they're explaining it to you, you'll probably pick up like, oh, sh- oh no, 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 that's not what I mean. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And it gives you the opportunity to fix it. Yeah. We've we done this as well. So we, we ran a two-day training for like our, our management team like a few weeks ago. And there's this one particular topic that I know not everyone fully understands. And I'm like, this is our opportunity to make sure that everyone understands this because it's really important to our businesses. Yeah. And so I went through and I asked the question and um, oh, so I, I made like a little game out of it. I'm like, all right, cool. Like, you know, whiteboard marker to paper sort of thing. Like, all right, here, here's, the, here's the, the problem. Now we need to solve this problem. It's a problem that happens in our businesses. Does everyone understand? Everyone's like, yeah, yeah, cool, I understand. Okay, yeah. right. So put pen to paper. Let's just see if you get an answer. Not everyone got the answer. Okay, fair enough. Basically, no one got the answer. Yeah. So it's like, okay, <laughs> we don't fully understand it. So let's talk about it. Yeah. Now, let, can you repeat it? Can everyone sort of repeat it back to me? We went around the grounds and like everyone's like, yeah, yeah, cool. And although at the time they were able to communicate it back to me, back to me I still wasn't confident that everyone understood. But right. everyone was like, yes, I understand. Yeah. So I was like, all right, no worries. So the next day, day two, I'm like, I'm going to ask the same thing, but I'm going to reverse engineer it 
So if they understood that thing, they would be able to answer it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm asking <clears throat> it in a different way, but it's the same problem. Yep. And so I like do this thing and I'm like, all right, go around, let's answer the question. And uh, I think there was 10, we had 10 people in the room, 10 or 11, and um, two people answered it right out of everybody. Right. But yet the day before, everyone, everyone got understood. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it just shows like, it just, unfortunately, it's just the lack of, sometimes people just don't fully understand that thing. So you've got to ask, do you understand? But then even by asking, and they, they might be able to repeat it back to you, but sometimes you've also got to test that theory in a way that to make sure that they actually fully understand. Yeah, um, yeah one, one guy actually <coughs> understood the fundamentals of it, but he, the way I actually wrote on the thing, he read, he didn't, he, my number looked like a letter and he got confused. Like when I wrote the number 50, he, yeah. I think he oh, thought so. it said so or something. I don't know. Yeah. But um, he, he would have got it. He would have understood. But that's just one thing that we found is email communication out, follow up, can you repeat back to me how yeah. you perceive this bit of communication? Because a lot of the times they'll be off. And that's not to say that it's their fault. It can be the way you've written it or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, you can't assume. It's crazy, man. I feel like communication, like I really, like I really focus on my communication because obviously like a lot of marketing is just communication in different ways, whether it is just a comment or having that DM conversation, seeing that person in real life, a lot of business is communicating with people in general. Yeah, sure. So I really fucking like focus on communication and like I even said to Riz in the same conversation this morning, I feel like one of the byproducts of what I'm trying to achieve here is that I'll be a master of communication one day, is that I'll be able to not only talk to anyone in any bar anywhere in the world, but I'll also be able to have any form of like online backwards and forwards on any platform and be successful at it. Yeah. You know, and it's yeah. like, it's just, I'm not trying to fucking float my own boat here, but it's just crazy that like one of the kind of unspoken things about business isn't the grind and the hard work. It's like, can you pick up the phone and tell someone a problem that you've got that you know they have the answer and get it out of them without sounding like a cunt? without you know telling them that they're an idiot or telling them that it's their fault or if it doesn't go right the first can you have that phone call because i know a lot of people my age they can't call up domino's to order a pizza yeah yeah they can't call their mum to tell them that they're going to be later out for dinner you know what i mean there's so many things that people can't do that such basic communication and in business it's like that's not even day one if you don't have that on day one don't start yeah yeah communication is a big one um and it's difficult too yeah it's hard and then controlling your emotions you can't get emotional and you know but like we all go through <coughs> stages where that, I know for me, early days, very hard to control emotions because you're dealing with so much pressure. So, yeah. and until you've sort of dealt with it, it becomes very difficult. But over time, it becomes easier. And with emotions, your communication can come out wrong, right? So you've got to watch that. Yeah. 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 I've definitely like, I've like, you know how you go along and you make little rules for yourself. I've definitely got this thing now when something, I, I've actually like pinpointed the physical feeling that I get when I know something's going to be a big deal. And it's like somewhere between like a sharp pain in the back of my head and my stomach feeling like I've got an ulcer, right? Yeah, yeah. And it happens for a split second and you're like, don't do anything about this for 24 hours, you know? And we've actually... You just sit on it. Just sit on yeah, it. Yeah, we've you went through that recently. Don't even fucking think about it. Yeah. Don't even think about it, you know? And I remember there was one particular thing that I had happen um, and, you know, I was talking with Larissa because obviously like Larissa's like my fucking, my, my what do you call it, uh, voice board whatever it is, you know, everything goes through Larissa sort of thing. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm having this problem. I'm having this problem. Here's how I think to deal with it. And she goes, just make the call and deal with it. And I said, I'm not, I'm going to put this up for as long as I possibly can, because I trust that every day that I don't do something, I come up with a better solution. 
and it is something that needs to be dealt with in a timely fashion. So we figure out what that length of period is, what, what that time period is. And on the fucking final moment, that's when I want to make the decision. It's like that Einstein thing. He goes, if you know, if you had um, an hour to solve this problem, how would you solve this problem? He goes, I spend 50, 59 minutes thinking about the problem and one minute executing what I'm going to do. You know? Yeah, yeah. I think it's a, that's a good, that's a good way to look at it. You know, and then it gives you the ability to also have that conversation more efficiently, effectively, because you've you've potentially got some solutions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I'm assuming you're talking about like you're going to be facing this person with a problem, right? That's what you're referring to. Mainly. Yeah. Well. Well, one thing that without going into it, like I came to you with a problem once where I had someone um, like it was an interpersonal problem. Yeah, yeah. And they spoke to me a particular way and I'm almost crying to you on the phone seven o'clock at night. What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? Rah, rah, rah. Yeah, yeah. Now, if I had called that person and said what I wanted to do about the situation because that was a business to business transaction, would have been a totally different outcome to what happened when we spoke a week later. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, because when and we it, spoke a week later, it was like nothing happened. It, was it wasn't like, that bad. It gives everyone a chance to like call their chairs. Yeah, yeah, work yeah. through it, find solutions. Man, most times, like when there's a problem, especially between people, there's, it's not that both people generally want the same sort of outcome. Yeah, you know, whether it's to align and continue forward or separate or whatever it is, you just need to like both need to just sometimes calm down. Yeah, and I think the reality, like you got to remember that no one in their mind is the bad guy. That's also true, yeah. So that's where you got to. That's where it becomes difficult. Yeah, especially if you like got two stubborn people that want to prove a point. Yeah, it can cause a fair bit of tension. So it's funny, you know. (coughs) Do you know the story of Mike Tyson or much of his early life with? um, So basically, like a lot of his um, and like man, obviously Tyson fans are gonna call all this out. I don't fucking care. It's the point of the metaphor, but a lot of uh, his execution came down to early hypnosis that he got. And this, a lot of this early hypnosis that he got through his coach was that it, it was never about the fight. It was never about him. It was never about the ego, the winning or anything. It was about the task at hand. And I think like I really try and incorporate that into as much of my decision making as possible because when you focus on just the task and just the outcome, it's like my emotions don't matter. You know, like what's going on between us doesn't matter. I'm more worried about you fucking just farted dog, hey. I'm more worried about getting the shit that we need done at the end of the day. And if that means I've got to lay my sword down, I'll throw it. Yeah, yeah, yeah I get you. You know? Yeah, you, you, you're thinking logically. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. And trying to stay as far away from that, like, well, I feel. It's like, I don't care what you feel. The data shows. Yeah. You know? In business, man, that matters. Yeah. Yeah, it matters big time. Obviously, emotions and personal contact and making sure that everyone's feeling okay is super important because without people, none of it matters. Yeah. Nothing can be achieved without people. Yep. And... um but you've also got to look at data because unfortunately business also rely on data. And t- data tends not to lie. <laughs> yeah, generally not. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's fucking, I don't know. I tell you what, I got another thing that I'm coming up to at the moment. I'm at a situation where like I've been trying to figure out when the right time to get a staff member is. Yeah, yep. And it's like, I think the conversation that first sparked this is um, you helped me see that it wasn't necessarily about like getting a staff member to do particular things. It was more a case of like, what are you doing right now that doesn't require your skill set? Yes, yeah. Replacing someone in there and getting your time back to go and figure out more ways to make more money or whatever that looks like. Yeah. So I'm in a situation where I've kind of like, through a lot of thought and trying to figure out, because obviously like, I don't have enough cash flow to go like, I can pay someone $30,000 a year to come and be here for two days a week or three days a week, whatever it looks like. Realistically, what that looks like is I can pay someone like a hundred bucks a day every week cash to fill in and do some things for me. 
So I started thinking to myself, well, what are the things that actually need to be done? And realistically, a lot of my stuff just comes down to having someone holding a camera for me. Mm-hmm. So then you go, that, that is actually a specific skill set. Having someone hold a phone and record you at the right angle for the right duration, get the right point to know when something's about to happen. That's a precise skill set. And as it turns out, the person who's kind of been alongside me for pretty much the whole duration of Black Ink, like I li- even live with him at one point, is a photographer. So I'm in a situation where I'm going to offer him something along the lines of this $100 a day thing, but he's also like, we've got the history of being like, if not as good as best friends. Yep. What would your advice be going into this situation? Well, first of all, I'm just curious to know a little bit more like the, when you say holding the camera thing, like, is that, how do you, how do you do it right now? I'd just like to know, like, you're obviously filming content now, Yeah. Right? So if you look at everything that I do, it's at an arm's length. Okay. So what is the outcome from having this person do this instead of you doing it? Okay, so say he's coming around here, you know, so today's Sunday, he's coming around tomorrow, Monday. I can generate, say, five ideas of pieces of content that I want. I can plan all five pieces of content. He gets here at eight o'clock tomorrow morning. We can execute and edit all of those by the end of the day. For me to generate, in that same amount of time, I might get one or two pieces of content. So it's like, yeah, it gives okay. me the ability to batch my content because I can go on with a plan. Because this is the thing, like for me to execute even a solo podcast, I've got to set up the tripod, I've got to do all the shit afterwards, I've got to edit it, cut it down, upload it, do the description, do all of that sort of shit. And it's like, obviously holding the camera would extend a little bit into that that as well. Yeah. But just as simple as like, you know, one of the things I've got at the moment is I want to do a, a slow motion ride by wheelie with someone wearing the black ink hockey jersey takes three people to execute that. Someone to drive a car, ride the, ride the motorbike and hold the camera. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. And realistically, I'm, you know, like, I'd like to be the one riding the motorbike, obviously, but fucking try finding two people that can drive a car and hold a camera and record the part that makes sense from the angle that makes sense. It's fucking impossible. What I, okay, so suggestion, what I would do is if I was in your shoes, you're looking to bring someone on to assist you in scaling the business. Yeah. Cool. For me, I would be breaking down and you're looking at paying like a lump sum with no like, it's no like committed like this set time every week at this, blah, blah, blah. But you're you're committing, you're potentially committing to paying a certain amount of money each week, whatever it may be, or each day yep. to assist the growth of your business, right? right? I would want to get into your business and list, I understand your business relatively well, but I, I would want to know all the different processes and operations in your business. Yeah. I'd like to know how long they take you and let's put a level of skill set required to each one, right? Right. Um, I would then be looking at it saying, okay, cool. We know one of those tasks is filming. How often are you filming? Like one day a week, whatever it is. Let's just, we make this yeah, assumption. Say one day a week. How yeah. often are we doing these tasks? How long are these tasks taking? What is the skill set required for these tasks? And then by eliminating let's say we can eliminate time on some of these other tasks. So we might have one time, we might be paying a photographer to do the filming, right? right. Because that's going to give you the ability to execute something else. Yeah. Another time it might be, look, I don't know, like unpacking boxes as an example. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Or taking shit to the post office. Well, <coughs> that's another task. Here it is. That takes X amount of time. If that time's taken away from me, I can then go and execute this. I'd be looking at it and saying breaking it right down, actually looking at where's the, the best weight to, to put that spend and what is it that we're trying to achieve with your free time. Yeah. Because there's obviously an area of your business where your time brings more value. And I would imagine like unpacking boxes 
is not your best use of time because you can generate yeah. revenue through other areas, like where okay. your skill set is required. So like breaking it down to something that I've used in experience in a service-based business back when was, let's say I was operating the accident repair business, um, wash, washing cars, right? Every single vehicle had to be washed. Right. Now, that was one of the first people I employed because my skill set, I was making money in another area. Washing cars is not that. And washing yeah. cars is not that cool. So get someone who can then do all that and keep the workshop tidy and unpack new parts and put paint away and stuff like that because it's pretty straightforward. Yep. That person does all these multi-use things. And then the next thing is, okay, the first preparation stage of a vehicle is very easy. Cool, I can get someone in now to do that to allow me to do the more complex tasks, which may have been like spraying the car right. or something. Okay, now... I know that quoting is very important because if I actually spend the right amount of time quoting a vehicle instead of rushing through it to get out there to have to fix the vehicle, then I can make sure I'm not missing out on any charges and charging the correct amount and invoicing on time and making sure parts and every bolt is accounted for and charged for and all that. Yep. So, okay, now I can bring this person on and, and then you scale through that. But understanding when to put stuff on is 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 simple but also complex. Yeah. It's not only a matter of when, it's a matter of what are they best to do and that's that situation you're at. Like you gotta pick. So without going into it too much now is I think it's a matter of breaking that down before pulling the trigger. Um, just to we've really got to look at what are we getting you to do. Yeah. And that's the key. It's about relieving you for either two things. To you can spend time to grow your business in the right area or you to gain time. And right now we're not looking for time. We're looking yeah. to be able to use your time for something else. Or are you looking for the photographer to do, not to gain time, but to do a better job? So yeah, I think it's that's the start of the answer. And that was kind of the first part of the, of the setup was I've looked at, because I thought it was pressing shirts. Because that's a really easiest thing to go, easy thing to go. Like I can teach you right now how to press shirts with three, and you can do a hundred for me, and they'll all be the same. Yeah. So I was like, okay, but I realized like I press shirts for about three days at a time every fucking fourteen days. Yeah. Because that's about the the regularity of getting outside customers, making new products, blah blah blah. So when I look at what my business is from a like from like how it's going to grow point of view it comes from more people knowing about me and more people knowing about me comes from effective content. So I see putting him on in that particular light there. And also this is with the idea that like, I want him to work for me one day a week now. I want him to be working for me five days a week, six days a week in a year's time. Of course, yeah. I yeah. want him to be the main photographer, the main videographer. And I see that because the particular things that I'm trying to sell, like I'm not really in apparel business as much as I'm a merch business and I'm the product the merch is a product of me. You yeah. know what I mean? So it's like, as far as I'm concerned, I want to spend more time like, hey, Luke, come around. We're going to go buy a car off Gumtree and then do burnouts in a fucking gravel pit and then set it on fire. You know what I mean? That's worth more to <laughs> Be me. what you say. Yeah, but do you understand what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Like, that, like for me in the long run, yeah. if I go super hard in creating content right now, that means when I release the next range or even the range after that, I'm going to have double the amount of eyes looking at it because this local celebrity... So we're talking about quality here, not so much quality yeah, yeah, yeah. of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, then, then, yeah, okay. So that's I misunderstood what you were saying. So then in this sense, then yes, okay, we've got to look at how that, how that, that better quality is going to improve things. And yeah, it makes complete sense. But still run the other we still run an exercise on we've got to look before we put someone we've got to look at the potential benefits and what is the outcome that we want to achieve out of it yeah. how do we track it and can we we've got to be able to measure it and track it yeah and make sure that it's going to yield your result because the last thing you want to do is bring someone in 
and you feel like somewhat obligated or whatever and you're committing to, to, to this thing, we've got to still be able to measure the result of you doing this, right? Yeah. So as long as we can put those metrics in place to be able to make sure that it's a measurable thing, yeah. then let's let's go like, let's go for it. Let's get it done. I think that's probably the when hardest. When I say let's, I'm just referring to you. But you yeah, no, no, no. I understand yeah. what you're saying. And I think like obviously the, the first conversation you have when you're faced with this situation is like, right, if I spend $100 a day on this person, how do I get that 100 back? And I think because of this utility of this staff member, because it is what it is, there actually isn't a return for the first like three months. There may not be, but it's something we can still measure. Even if it's not a financial return, it could be like some brand awareness or this or that. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know, but look, it's funny you're talking about someone to take content for you. We just employed someone <coughs> to take content for us. Right. And it was like, why are we doing this? Same thing you're going through now. For us, it's a quality thing. Yeah. It wasn't about a time thing because we've got enough staff to be able to do it, but it was about producing it with the right quality. Yep. Um, and it's only a one day a week thing at the moment because um, right now we'd use a videographer here, there, and whatever. Yep. Um, and we've obviously got, you know, Jordan, he's like, he does all of our marketing and whatnot. Yep. Um, and he's the guy behind the back end, like, pushing content out to the masses, you know, throughout Western Australia for the gyms yeah, and whatnot. Yeah. Um, but then we need someone who can take like that quality on-trend content that's going to resonate with our potential customer base. Who's the right person for that? Look, we found someone um, and we bring her on because we want to increase the quality of our product. Right. Because we have a quality product, but if we can't show the quality of that product because our person grabbing the content is rubbish. Yep. Not that that people are doing it is rubbish, but if you got me to take the content, it's a different yeah, it's a different it's, thing. And, and so in that sense, like that's, but we've still got to be able to measure. Like, cool, we've got this person on taking the content. Yeah, we know it looks better. Like we perceive it as that, but are we able to actually track that and measure that that it is better? Yeah, and yeah. We've just you know, if you put a few little checks in place to be able to make sure that that happens. Yeah, and we're not just like paying this person to do this thing, and it's not really making a dent in our business. Yeah. Yeah, because what's the point, right? We're still in business. Yeah, that's right. We've got to make sure it's working. We still need to be sensible. Yeah. Yeah. I think one thing with this as well is like knowing, like the the, the dilemma I have with everything, like what I do at the bar, what I do with Black Ink, what I do with the podcast is like, I know what the angle is. If I give you my phone and say, take a photo of me, I know what I want the photo to look like. I know what the best angles and shit I've been doing photos for as long as I can remember. I've been making content now for years. So it's like, I know what that is. And I know that my mate speaks that language. And I know sometimes if he doesn't know, he listens to me and I say, no, no, do it from here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the last photo shoot we did with, um, with the, it's the first time I've had like outside people wearing my clothes for a photo shoot for the range. Yeah. Like did it fully properly, <coughs> fully properly. Did it properly. Yeah. And I know uh, the one you're talking about. That's where I brought that cream jumper. That's right. That one. Yeah, yeah. So with that, like 60% of what he shot was him just shooting and then every now and then I'm like, no, 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 go over there, shoot up. You want the light to be over here, right, right, right. And I think the real value is like, you want someone who's got a little bit of background knowledge, which is what he has. And then at the same time, the amount of mal like malleability and respect for the, for the mission to go like, if I tell you to do something, it's not me saying fuck you, that's me saying do it for this reason. It's gonna be better. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And you can always look at it from two different viewpoints. You can you know, you're obviously going to learn, he's going to learn from you, you're going to learn from him and, you know, maybe he has his version, you have your version and you can compare the two and all that sort of stuff, so. That's that hard bridge that I got across that you probably, well, you have to have crossed ages ago is like, 
it changes. It's gonna have to change. You bring someone, even if I brought Riz on in a professional sense into the business, it would change because she has her input, which is different than my input. That's right, we're all different. We're yeah. all different and we're different for many different reasons. And yeah, it's very, you gotta make sure that you're willing to adapt and allow different viewpoints in because you'll find there'll be a lot of benefit to that. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, for sure. And that's laying down that ego and being focused on the task and not focused on your emotional attachment to the task. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah anyway. We need to wrap up, which is uh, what has been the longest podcast that I've ever recorded. So, Ryan, thank you for your time. We'll just have to chop bits out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, we got an hour 50. So, I'm guessing it's probably going to be about an hour 40 by the time we cut off the conversation we had before we started on the two piss breaks. Yeah, yeah, cool. I've man. never had a podcast with two piss breaks. That's amazing. Yeah, I drank a bit of water and a few coffees. So. Yeah, fucking know. <laughs> Rightio, thanks for your time. And maybe we can uh, do this again one day. Yeah, all good, man. Appreciate right. it. Good, good to your mum. I'm fucking out. Yo!